Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos, and this is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community. This week, my guest is... Inspector Jeff. How are we doing tonight? Pretty good. Yourself, how's the weather over there on the East Coast? It's a little chilly right now. It's uh, it's about 30. Snow kind of comes on and off, but uh, you know I'm used to it being uh, homegrown over here on the East Coast. Well, now that's definitely chilly because I'm over here in uh, San Diego. And when I talk about chilly, I'm talking about, you know, 65 degrees. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I would dream for 65 right now. <laughs> well, is there anything you would like to promote before we get started? A YouTube or a Twitter or any kind of account? Uh, well, thanks for that. Um, you guys can catch me on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash inspector underscore Jeff. That's I-N-S-P-E-C-T-R-E underscore Jeff, J-E-F-F. You can also find me at inspector underscore Jeff on Twitter. And that's pretty much it. YouTube is sort of a a side project. I don't get into that too much. All right. I'll add those uh, links to the show notes as well. But thank you for that. Thank you. So how long have you played Magic in general? So here's an interesting thing, okay? Um, I'm recently just getting back into Magic. I'm 32. When I was nine, um, I'll keep it short, I went to my aunt's house every summer, and there were a lot of kids in the neighborhood. Um, and there was a one kid across the street from my aunt's house, and his name was Jared. And Jared had Magic the Gathering cards and introduced me to the game. So um, I was just a young lad, had no idea what I was really getting into at the time, um, would play with him occasionally, learn the game and loved looking at the cards and whatnot. Um, and then as I got older, stopped going to my aunt's because I was able to stay home and lost touch with Jared and mm-hmm. uh, literally forgot about magic, just moved on. Life, life happens. And then recently in October, I went to TwitchCon in San Jose and oh. part of the swag bag that they were giving out was a pre-constructed monocolored deck. And I was super excited because I was like, well, isn't Arena coming out? I heard rumors about Arena, and I got excited about that, thinking it was something I'd get back into, and here I am getting cards put in my hand. Mm -hmm. Um, The the guys that I stayed with, they didn't want their cards. So I got seven packs. They were giving out five, one of each color, and I got seven of them um, and didn't open them while I was there, brought them home, and my nine-year-old daughter and I literally sat down and opened up all of these decks and just looked through the cards. Mm-hmm. And I ended up giving her two of the decks, which were, I think it was one, one white and one black. Cause those are the two extras that I had. Mm-hmm. And since then, so, you know, a little over two months now I've been collecting, uh, paper copies. I've been trying to get involved with the local card store to do some, you know, tabletop magic and then magic. The gathering arena has been, taken over my 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 solo game time well that's cool that magic is uh, bringing families together um do you know if you got uh maybe the welcome decks like the 2018 welcome decks the monocolored ones they i don't know if they were the welcome decks they might have been uh, but they are um core set 2019 so they were all core set 2019 and that's where i started and now i'm at the point where i'm I think six cards off from having the complete collection of uh, core set 19 cards. Well, that's cool. All, um, I all have 314. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I haven't, uh, I've done a few episodes so far and most people pretty much, you know, play the game, uh, make decks and all of that. And I do too. And I'm sure you do too, but I think you're the first one that's really more about let's also collect the, uh, the cards. I'm like that as well. I like to kind of try to collect a set. 
Do you have any sets that you're close to completing? Uh, I have a, a couple, actually. My quick story is that I started uh, Magic back in the 90s. I uh, played between 1995, 1999 or so, and then I stopped for a long time until 2017. And when I was younger, I never had a complete set of anything. But now that I'm a grown man and I make money and all of that, and I'm like, sure, let me buy some packs and see if I can get a collection. So I do have a complete set of uh, Ixalan, uh, which is that one really fun set from a few sets ago that's all about pirates and dinosaurs and okay. vampires and all of that. And I just completed the the follow-up to that one, which is Rivals of Ixalan. I just needed to get the Immortal Sun, which was one of the expensive cards in the set. Um, but yeah, I've got those two, those two complete so far. Awesome. Yeah, I, I want to get into more of like my own deck making and, and uh, uh, you know, attending a Friday Night Magic. I'm really excited about that because it'll be my first time really taking it seriously. Oh, that's really cool. I think it's a good time to jump into it because uh, the game is 25 years old and they keep evolving it and making it better. They certainly do. And um, I mean, it's, it's it's taken over as my main hobby. I've, I've been reading up on articles and looking at metas and just trying to really learn the game because it's I just have so much fun with it. And it's it's so refreshing to know that, like you said, it's a 25 year old game and I'm finding out that it it never went away. I went away, but but Magic the Gathering has stayed put, and it's only growing bigger. And with Arena being introduced and put into beta, it's it's really been fun to explore new content creators and and streamers and gamers and Twitter feeds and Reddit posts. It's just it opened up a whole new level of entertainment for me. Yeah, definitely. And I think that happens to a lot of people that they don't stick with it uh, for all, all time. They take some time off and come back. And uh, do you know uh, the name Mark Rosewater? Yeah, I read uh, the article that he posted today about building um, guilds in for Ravnican Alliance and Guilds of Ravnica. Yeah, he's one of the, I forget his exact title, but he, I just call him one of the big wigs in Magic. Um, I actually met him at San Diego Comic-Con in 2018. Really nice guy. He signed a couple of my cards. And when he asked me, well, when did you play and all of that? And I told him, you know, back in the day, back in the 90s, but now I'm back. And he says, yeah, I'm glad we got you back. We're always happy to do that. So I think That's that awesome. happens a lot that people uh, go away for a little bit and then eventually come back. I mean, let's be serious here. It is, it can be an expensive habit once you get sure. into it. And I think, I think I've focused, um, you know, now that I have almost a complete set, I'll probably just focus on, you know, small purchases here and there to, to build a deck and play around. I bought a bunch of pre-constructed decks and dual sets so that my daughter and I can play because I want her to, to grow up with this. But I think Arena and it is just the next step for the company i think they really need to take handle that with care so that it, it grows organically and it grows uh, naturally yeah so then how long have you been playing magic arena specifically so uh, i'm trying to think of when it when i first heard about it it was before twitchcon which was the end of october of of 2018 so i've only been playing it for a couple months but i've put a significant amount of time into it i mean every day i get a few matches in and now that they've released ranked you know I, i'm trying to get you know better at ranked i'm currently gold two i was just gold one and lost that so i'm trying to um, put some more time and effort into that but yeah about two months but i play daily i remember the announcement of them accepting new people into the beta back in january 2018 so i jumped on to my email 
Uh, I sent an email requesting, can I get into beta? And between January and April, I was waiting. And then in April 2018, they uh, sent out some beta codes and I got mine. So I've been playing uh, since then. It definitely is uh, addicting in a good way. <laughs> yes. Uh, I've seen how it evolves. And uh, since you've been around it, uh, I suppose, near October-ish or, or, or so, like you said, I'm sure you've also seen it, how it's gotten just slicker and smoother and just better. I have. And one of the things that I like about it is just the, the change of pace for me coming from, you know, a, a battle royale slash shooter background. And now, you know, I've always been an RPG fan, so I always kind of take the slow route with my RPGs. But Magic and... I never got into Hearthstone. I never got into Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon. So for me, Magic, because of that nostalgia from when I was a kid playing with the paper cards, Arena is is my new uh, drug of choice, if you will, because it, mm -hmm. it, it is addictive, but it, it's fun. I can jump on for 10, 15 minutes and mess with the deck and get off um, very easily, or I can jump into ranked. And you talked about it evolving. I think even in the two months that I've been there with the release and... Um, the preseason of ranked play, it's opened up a whole new level, especially with the fact that you can play a best of three or you can play a best of one. They offer different drafts and they're offering different um, big content creator games events. and play style. Yeah, the events are, are, are really, really cool. And I think it's a, a really fun way. And you know what? You don't have to put a ton of money into it to to get a good deck you can you can grind out some coins or you know maybe spend you know 20 bucks here or something like that to get some gems to play but you know they they are making it easy for people to jump in without putting too much of a an upfront price yeah i think they're doing that very well paper magic definitely can get expensive if i wanted you know four carnage tyrants uh in real life that's like 30 dollars or so each uh, so that adds up. But then on Arena, you grind for a while, you get some gold, you open boosters, and uh, you get wild cards. And wild cards is, are amazing because then you can get any card at all that exists and put them into your deck. So would you then say skill level wise, where would you fall there? Beginning, intermediate, or advanced? So that's an interesting question because I thought about this even before um, you asked that. And I think that because... I'm following the prescripted um, recommendations in terms of meta and I'm reading articles about, you know, what what's in play and how to play things. I would say that I, I'm right in between beginner and intermediate because I do have a pretty good no uh, knowledge base now after playing every day for two months that I, I know what's coming when I see a certain color or a, a, a a, a type of deck and I know how to respond to different cards that are played. Um, but in terms of naturally creating my own deck and then playing that and fine-tuning that i think that's where you start to get into the advanced skill level because mm -hmm. you have such a, a wide card base when i first or excuse me uh knowledge base one of the guys that i um, used to do a podcast with he's very very knowledgeable and he sat down with me one night and we, we we constructed a deck completely based on how i told him i wanted to play mm -hmm. and I, I i left the conversation completely just overwhelmed like oh my gosh there's so much to learn but you know you play enough you start to learn more and and with the the homework that that i'm doing with it in terms of watching youtube videos and reading articles and watching streamers play and listening to them and taking notes i've really started to build it up so i would say you know maybe closer to intermediate but still in between beginner and intermediate 
Sure. And I often hear that people say, when you want to get better, you should play against people that are better than you so that then you keep getting better yourself. And I think it's a continuum. I had someone say uh, on the podcast previously that they would have considered themselves advanced when they were doing paper. But after uh, coming into arena where it's even more people to to be challenged by, he feels more like he's intermediate because there's always something new to learn, a new strategy, and it's always evolving. Now, are there any single cards at the moment that stand out as as your favorite card? It doesn't have to be a powerful card. It could just be a fun or weird card. But does anything stand out to you in Arena as a, as a card? Yeah, I think every time I see Nico Bolas, the Ravager, <laughs> I, I smile because it's such a cool card. And I love that um, you can transform it. And he just yeah. looks so cool. I love the artwork for it. Um, in terms of playing a card, I have to say... I just get a certain tickle on the inside when I play um, Eldest Reborn because oh, yeah. I'm, I'm mostly playing a Demir deck right now. And when Eldest Eldest comes out and I get to just control, you know, I get to remove a creature that maybe was pestering me and then I know I'm going to get rid of one of their cards and then I'm probably going to pick out that creature that was pestering me from their graveyard and use it against them. And that's just a lot of fun to have. But um, there's just... I, you know, it. there's so many cards, there's so many triggers and effects and everything that happens that it's just, it's it's a hard question to answer because depending on the deck, you could, you could pick anything else. But I would say the two that stand out right now are Nico Bolas and Eldest Reborn. Yeah, definitely. I've used Eldest Reborn. Uh, I also do Demir. I like, I seem to like that color combination even back in the 90s because I still had all my cards that I uh, packed up from a long time ago. And when I broke them out a few years ago, I had these blue and black decks. So back then they weren't called Demir because they uh, those names didn't exist yet. But I guess I always kind of gravitated toward that. And I've enjoyed The Eldest Reborn. And I've also done it in real life. I've used that card in real life in Commander, uh, where you've got a bunch of opponents. So it's even more uh, vicious when you put The Eldest Reborn because it affects all of your opponents. They all sacrifice a creature. They all lose a card. And then you can steal a creature from anyone's graveyard. It's pretty great. Yeah, Commander is something I've looked into, but I haven't made the jump yet. Yeah, uh, perhaps they'll add that to Arena at some point. It's just a version of multiplayer with a few more rules, but I hope they add it to the to Arena. Yeah, that would be really cool. I, w- I would like to see it. You know, we talked about the growth a few minutes ago. It would be really cool to see them add some of the different um, tabletop play styles into the game. Or maybe even like a spectator mode so you can have other people watch you as as you play. Yeah, that would be cool too. Are there any decks at the moment that you like? Um, that we talked about Demir. Demir is just a fun, you know, when I first started playing, I was so frustrated anytime I saw blue black because I was thinking, okay, I can't do anything here. Now that I'm on the other side of it and I really understand my deck and I've actually been going in and swapping out cards to make it a little bit more suitable to how I like to play, I really enjoy that. Um, the other deck that's been a lot of fun that I've played against is Jeskai Control, and I don't fully understand Jeskai Control, so I think that's what I like about it, um, that I, I I have to really see it, and I haven't had a chance to play it because I don't have the cards um, available or that that make up that deck or the, you know that, that archetype. Um, is it Drake's is a lot of fun, too. I like 
Boom. having those those dragons come out Boom. and you're 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 toting a, a nine four crackling drake that's going to pull you a card and then you drop a niv mizzet in there and it's pretty much game over um, uh, i so think that's, that's a, a i think that's a good deck it's just i don't like playing against it it's it's too good at the oh. moment <laughs> yeah um actually the the first deck that i played the most of i made a white black and i called it the life gain army because mm. it had a lot of you know a lot of uh, ajani in it especially with the pride mates and mm-hmm. healers hawks and i was just beefing up ajani's and you know sprinkling in the different levels of um vampires was just so much yeah. fun but then when rank dropped it my specific deck was very weak and i'm i'm pretty sure i dropped the the deck list into your discord and the magic the gathering arena discord for some feedback sure and a lot of people are like hey this is a decent deck but it's only tier one at the moment you know you're you're really weak in a couple spots here and you know since i've discovered is it drakes and demir i've been neglecting my Mm -hmm. my life gain army if you will those Um, uh those poor cats are not getting fed no they're not and they're getting taken you know especially because i would seemingly go up against a control deck every time where i couldn't even get my cards down to play it so the yeah the deck just seemed to die out but um yeah that's just kind of another thing about magic that i love is there's so many different play styles i mean when people are coming in with um you know a graveyard or a mill deck i was milled ruthlessly the other night and mm-hmm. i didn't do anything but just applaud the guy i said yeah he played that really well and did exactly what he wanted to so what stands out to you at the moment as a coolest, funniest, or interesting moment you've had so far on Arena? Um, coolest moment was probably recently, and I actually was able to clip it. I was playing uh, my Is It Drake's deck in in a ranked match, and it, I think I was playing for uh, a rank up from like gold four to three or three to two or something, and the opponent played a rekindling Phoenix. And at the time I had two flyers and I knew he was going to be able to take them out. And I, I said, you know what? Like, I don't have a chance here. Like I, I, he's going to just be able to play that. And I don't have a shock. I said, if I could only get a shock and I had one crackling Drake in my hand Mm -hmm. and I played it. And the very next card was, um, a shock. And he, Mm. I I burned the Phoenix. He dropped the token, and then I burned the token with my with my shock and won the game. And it was just a really really awesome moment because, you know, sometimes you're on the wrong end of those types of plays where you're like, oh, I've got the win, and then you get you know you get screwed over, and you just kind of walk away like, man, like that's just a sour taste. But to be sitting on the side where I actually had the the card gods looking down on me and it worked out was really really fun. Well, the funny thing is, if you look really closely at the art of Crackling Drake, it's holding a dead uh, a dead dove in its claw. Uh, so that's the flavor, I suppose, of why it gives you a card when you summon it, because it's bringing you dead things. Wow, I, I'm going to have to look at that. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I saw like the really high quality art version on the Magic website. I'm like, wow, this is really cool. All of the crackling and sparkling and wait a minute, what's that? That's a dead bird in its, in its claw. That's very cool. I'm going to have to give that a look tomorrow. I had someone uh, do a, um, I think they sent uh, at least two, maybe three of the arc-like art 
or Arc Light Phoenix is at me. That's the one that comes back to life from the graveyard if you cast three or more yep. instants or sorceries. So I didn't I didn't really think about look why are they okay they they shocked me two times and then they played that one sorcery in red that gives your creatures haste and you draw a card. But they had no creatures at that moment. So I thought, well I guess they just needed to get rid of the card to draw a card. But no, they had cast those three, and then suddenly I had a, a little uh, flock of phoenixes coming at me right out of the graveyard. So that was impressive. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, <laughs> not to be you in that situation, but to, to, yes. to be that person that's able to, to do that, that's got to be a lot of fun. Well, what is something that you would have loved to have known, like some advice that you would have liked to have gotten when you first started playing Magic or Magic Arena? I can't remember back to when I first started playing because I, I was so young and, you know, I don't think the knowledge base that I had was was anywhere close. But so we'll go more recently when I started playing Arena. Mm -hmm. I was unaware that once you attacked your enemy or your creatures were tapped. So I was getting really frustrated why I couldn't block anything no. the first few games. And that's just a basic, you know, magic 101 mechanic that you should know. So I not having the the knowledge of the rules and the mechanics of the actual game itself was a, a downside um, to me jumping in and playing. Were you, did you get into arena when they had that one tutorial at the beginning or, or did you do that before? Yes. But I, I think I was like, when I did that, I wasn't really paying attention. I was like, all right, let me just get through and play it. Yes. So it was, it was sort of a user error. If you, if you catch what I'm saying. Oh, sure. Yeah, well, that's the thing. There's just so many details in playing Magic. It it can be an unwieldy game with so many uh, turns and phases and terminology and things. I'm um, I'm an advisor, actually, to a, a Magic club at the local college, and there's several people coming in playing for the first time, and they're coming from other games like Yu-Gi-Oh!, where it seem I've never played that, but it seems to be a lot simpler. And they're saying, well, I didn't know that there were so many turns to a phase, but I'm I'm learning it. And I think magic, even if you don't do the tutorial, Magic Arena gives you a great way to learn magic, paper magic in the real world so that you can uh, be on your game. And I, I feel like that's one of the um, biggest things about playing Arena is that now I feel way more comfortable sitting down at a table with strangers because I know those things that I didn't know when I started playing arena, like the mechanics and mm -hmm. the rules and the etiquette, if you will, even though it's automated in, um, in arena, but you know, understanding when you're playing someone, you want to read out your cards so they know what's going on. Cause they may not know the card. Cause there's so many. Yeah. Um, well, if you could, uh, if you had the ability to do this, uh, what's one thing you'd like to improve about magic or magic arena the cards the community the company any any thoughts on that before i say about i'd like to improve i i would like to say that it's it's the community at large seems very accepting of new players and mm -hmm. and very willing to teach um even some of the streamers that i go into or you know bigger streamers that have a few thousand people and they're partnered and whatnot they're they're welcoming and i i listen to their chat and they they respond and it just seems like magic players want more magic players and, and we enjoy teaching people about magic and, and learning about it as we continue to grow. Mm -hmm. um, but to improve magic, I, I don't have enough experience playing tabletop magic to answer the question, but I'll focus on arena because that's where my experience is. Mm -hmm. 
I really would like to see a little bit of a an improvement in the reward system. I feel like there's there's times where I'm not I don't get enough cards for for what I'm doing and and or enough gold and I would like to see them sort of up the ante a little bit to to sweeten the pot and make sure that you're really being compensated for some of the grinding that that you do play in the game. Um, I know they have the dailies and the weeklies, but sometimes I feel like I breeze through them and then I'm sitting there for a few days, you know, not getting anything other than just mm-hmm. a win or you know a you know possibly getting. Uh, a, a random card win or something, which seems like tends to always be a common or uncommon. Yeah, um, I think uh, I agree on that. At a certain point, you've exhausted your dailies and such. So I think the company is is doing a pretty good job of listening to the player base, and I don't doubt those things will be um, addressed at some point. But yeah, at the moment, I, I do think the reward system could be uh, could have a little improvement. What is something that you, if you can narrow it down, what is something that you love about magic? I love the complexity of it. Um, I've had the pleasure of, of teaching a few friends how to play arena. And, it, you know, it, once you get past some of the jargon and the, and the technicalities of it, understanding how complex it is and how every single game, even if you're using the same exact deck, the same exact cards, is going to be different because there is a huge luck factor involved in magic. Um, and at the same time, where a lot of games do have luck, you also have control. Um, to give a quick example, a few weeks ago, I had a really strong opening deck, and I thought, wow, this is lucky. Like, I'm going to be able to really outplay this guy. And I didn't play my Demir Guildgate first, and it ended up oh, screwing yeah. me because I then had to catch up to my mana cards, even though I had them, and the guy that I was playing, or or female, whoever it was, was able to run their their aggro deck towards me and finished me very quickly, even though I clearly had all of my win conditions ready to go by turn three. But since I didn't play that card the right way, again, I didn't take the luck and run with it. I ended up taking the loss in the game. Yeah, that's uh, sometimes those details, uh, those, um, those guild gates, uh, I've forgotten that they come into play tapped also because i've been able to unlock a few of the rare ones that you can pay the two life so that they don't come in tapped and i don't know why you know they just the art wise i thought that they were the same card and i uh you know selected to play it and whoops it was the one that comes in tapped not the one that you can select so yeah there's those little details sometimes that uh the complexity of it all but it's like a puzzle that you can put together. And I love how you said it, that uh, the two people can have the same cards, the same deck, but it's not going to be the same game because there is that element of, of randomness and such. Yep, that's easily my favorite part about Magic and understanding that sometimes you're the windshield, sometimes you're the bug. <laughs> you know, you just got you got to play it the right way. Now, I think with the with the digital version of the cards, what they do lose a little bit is the flavor text. You know, when you're collecting a set in real life, you you probably look at the cards, you enjoy the art, you look at their abilities, you probably also read their flavor text and you kind of yep. get the story going on. And you have flavor text in Arena, but you basically have to do the right click to view at large and then you can see the flavor text, right? So I think that's something that's kind of lost in the digital version that I don't know how they would make it more obvious or more visible to people but i i like the flavor of things also not just playing but the whole story they've built 
You know what? And that kind of brings me, that thought brings me back when you talked about improving magic. It would be really fun if Arena implemented some sort of a, a, a library or a lore section where you could go and look and see how the different cards and the colors and the sets and the guilds are actually in, involved. Because from my understanding, and it's very limited, there is quite a bit of lore involved with Magic the Gathering and there's there's books that have been published in comics and um, short stories that are published and it just seems like that's a whole new market that they could tap into just to bring people into the game and say, hey, we've got this really cool card game, but at the same time, it's not just random cards. Like there's mm-hmm. there's substance, there's story to this and, and you can check all of that out here in our lore section or whatever they would want to call it. So here's something that I really like about flavor text in Ixalan. Um, that set is still on Arena at the moment. There's Lightning Strike, right? One, one uh, colorless, one red. Instant, do three damage. Okay, the flavor text: Storm on the horizon, Captain, and that's attributed to Grick Dubin. Last words. Okay, in the <laughs> in the following set, Rivals of Ixalan, they have a card in green: Hunt the Weak. It's three colorless, one green, sorcery. Put a counter on a creature and it fights another creature. Flavor text. Death lizard approaching, Captain. Brint Dubin, last words. So brothers? The, du- the Dubin brothers were both eaten <laughs> or killed on Ixalan. That's very cool. Yeah, so two goblins spanning two sets in two different colors. And on the card, you see two goblins, one of them getting struck by lightning and one of them about to get eaten by a dinosaur. That's very, very cool. So that's that's the other side of magic, isn't it? That it's all of these mechanics. I'm going to do three damage, or I'm going to make my creature fight another creature. But then there's also the story of it, or the flavor of it, or the why of it. I really like that. Well, besides magic, even though this is a, a magic podcast, there are other things in life, perhaps, I hear tell. Um, are there any non-magic-related hobbies you're into? Um, as I said at the opening of the podcast, and again, thank you for letting me plug that. I am a Twitch streamer, so I spend quite a bit of time um, when I can um, streaming some content. You know, I'm a, I'm a father of four, husband of one, so I've mm-hmm. got a full household here. And um, when I do get to step away, I I focus on uh, the Kingdom Hearts series. A lot of my downtime when I'm not playing Magic is streaming and and networking and and enjoying the the streamer life, if you will, mm-hmm. um, which keeps me in in line and in tune with a lot of um, breaking news in terms of games and um, technology. So that's that's probably my biggest passion. Um, other things I I do enjoy reading. When the weather's nice here on the East Coast, I enjoy a round of golf here and there. Mm. Uh, but other than that, you know, just spending time with the family and uh, living life. Oh, cool. So uh, now, be totally honest, how many Keyblades do you have in real life? <laughs> I do not have any Keyblades. Um, truth be told, I was against Kingdom Hearts when I was younger oh. <laughs> um, because it was Disney. Even though I was a diehard Final Fantasy fan, yeah, I wouldn't get behind the Disney. Um, and then this past summer in 2018, a good streamer friend of mine who has a lot of similar likes as me and who is also really big into magic um, told me I have to play the entire series of Kingdom Hearts. And I set out on a journey where I would stream me playing it. Um, and I have come very, very close to the end. I've got a little bit left in one game and then I've got another smaller game to play and then I will be completely caught up. And I've been fortunate enough to, to capture 
about 80% of it on, on my Twitch channel and oh, have, cool. have a collection of streams um, of me going through the entire series. Oh, that's cool. Um, I like uh, comic books. I got my first Spider-Man comic way back in 1987. Um, actually, wait a minute. Um, no, 80, 85. Yeah, I got my first Spider-Man comic in 1985. I still have it. I drew uh, eyes onto Spider-Man because I thought he was missing them. So all my original scribbles are still on that. And on and off for over 30 years, I've uh, also been collecting comic books. Awesome. I think at a certain point, I also had a few volumes of the Kingdom Hearts manga. So do you ever Very check cool. out any uh, Japanese animation or Japanese comics? No, I watch, uh, I've watched Dragon Ball. I've, I've kept up with that since I was a little kid. And uh, recently, I was, I was put into uh, My Hero Academia. So that's as oh. far as I go with the anime. And I've never read any of the manga. Uh, manga and I, I think I'd like to at some point, especially being a, an avid reader. It would be a nice little sidestep for uh, what I'm used to reading. Well, as we wind down, would you like to promote anything one more time? Again, guys, you can find me on Twitch TV backslash Inspectra underscore Jeff. That's I-N-S-P-E-C-T-R-E underscore Jeff. And you can also find me at Inspector underscore Jeff on Twitter. The British spelling. Yes. Funny story about that. Um, sure. Before we go here, I'm a, a high school teacher. And when I bought a laptop a few years ago, some of my students said, oh, you could stream with that. I had no idea what streaming was at the time. <laughs> And uh, the laptop was an HP Spectre. It was a oh. two-in-one, so I could use it as a tablet as well. And that's where the streaming name came from. I wanted to be some sort of like a detective slash ghost sort of entity. And that mm -hmm. was kind of what I went with. And uh, Inspector Jeff is stuck. And here we are, you know, two and a half years later that I've been streaming. And I haven't changed my name, and I don't plan to. So, Well, that's cool. And that's way more creative than mine. Mine's just my name. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, though. Nice <laughs> and simple. Well, I guess what I do special about it is that it's all in lowercase. There you go. Well, as for myself, I'm over on uh, Twitter, twitter.com slash vmcampos. I'm on Patreon, patreon.com slash vmcampos. YouTube, all those places, vmcampos, uh, vmcampos.com. So people can find me in all of those places. Over on Patreon, if you join, uh, you get a lot of free stuff. Um, you can also move up to the higher tiers, like $1 and up gives you more access to things. If you go to the $2 and up uh, tier, you can get, uh, I will actually mail people uh, vintage magic cards in thanks. And they can get some comic books and such from my collection from the higher uh, levels of uh, patronage. So, uh, Jeff, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate it, Campos. It's been a pleasure and uh, we'll have to duel one of these days. Definitely. This has been VM Campos, and I'll see you in the arena. <laughs>